0: to you live from inside an abstract representation of a me box look around this place let me just tell you it feels good not existing yet there's no pain no pain at all and this is interdimensional rss the unofficial rick and morty podcast
1: hello everybody this is travis
0: hey everybody this is brandon cruz
1: yes welcome welcome to another episode of interdimensional rss the unofficial rick and morty podcast we are so happy that you could be here. We're, so. we're excited. We're surrounded by strange blue creatures. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a seeks episode. This, is, this has been a long time coming, Brandon.
0: I can't tell you the last time I've been surrounded by a ton of blue creepy creatures. <laughs> that, I can't tell you the last time.
1: I literally can't tell you the last time. <laughs> I don't know that there was a last time.
0: I think that the closest I've ever been is... When I when I went to see um, Captain EO at Disneyland,
1: mm, okay,
0: and yeah. like uh who like uh Michael Jackson he's Captain EO, but there's like his little creature called Hooter. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about?
1: I, I do, but it's such an obscure reference <laughs> that I feel like I'm maybe the only one that does get it.
0: <laughs> well, anyways, Hooter. I don't want to get into it, but research Captain EO. There's a creature <laughs> called. Okay, anyways, moving on. Yeah. Hey, well, welcome to the show. I'm Brandon, of course, and uh, that's that's Travis, and we talk we talk about Rick and Morty every yeah, episode.
1: Uh, and and if you want to talk about Rick and Morty with us, because because we like this to be a, a conversation that that gets you involved, Unity. We're we're glad you're here. All right, so so please, if 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 you wouldn't mind, allow me to take this moment to list the uh, various ways via social media that you can contact this podcast. Uh, first and foremost, you can hit us <laughs> up on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod. Uh, we are on Reddit, Rickamortypodcast.red dot com, Facebook.com slash rick and and send us an email at rickandmortypodcast at gmail.com. You can find shirts with cartoon shirts. versions of our face on it over at T That's uh, if you go to apathetic enthusiasm.com slash shop, that's probably the easiest way to get to our store page. And if you like the show so much that you'd like to support us over on Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash rickamortypod. Where you can get video versions of podcast, um, some live hangouts, live some hangouts. some really weird behind the scenes lens posts that we've behind occasionally done. Scenes. Yeah, uh, so that's 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 that stuff. If
0: if you've ever wanted to see a, just a real quick video of me before I go on a run on a Thursday evening, <laughs> well, let me let me just tell you, go to our Patreon. Yeah, that's <laughs> I I. I somehow missed that. So, all right. Oh uh, yeah. It was just, it was just me just right you. before I went on a run. Just Before running. Uh,
1: well that's, <laughs> that's it for the, uh, the essential top of the show stuff. So I think it's time to get into our very first segment of the show. Semi
0: pertinent. <gasps> <news. Ooh. laughs>
1: That was edgy. That was a little, <laughs> little grungy there.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. Like,
1: uh, you have a double kick pedal there.
0: What was what was going on? <laughs> well, you know, I I just I just bought tickets to see Smashing Pumpkins in hey. July. Uh, so w- with everybody but Darcy's Darcy. So uh, you know, I, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a, a grungy. Oh yeah, movie. taking
1: it back to those <laughs> '90s roots. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. There is some some pretty big semi pertinent news that. I think we covered uh extensively in a in a bonus episode that if if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, perhaps you missed uh so so I know everybody's excited for a particular condiments release uh, on monday the the twenty sixth hopefully you got a chance to get your hands on some if you want to hear our thoughts on the whole campaign as well as the associate podcast that that went along with that uh head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, apatheticenthusiasm.com perhaps, and check out our bonus episode if you haven't listened
0: to it already. Ep- episode 45, the unnamed corporate sponsor SauceCast. Yes. All right. And yes. that's yes. enough of that. Moving that, that's enough on. Of that. We told we told you we were moving on from that. We're, <laughs> we're sticking to our guns. Uh, moving on. Uh, this semi-pertinent news brought to you by Funko Pops. And by the mm. way, uh, my friend... Uh, not my a sponsor. Friend, not a sponsor. My friend... Uh, uh, Kevin, so lucid. He hit me up the other day, and he's like, "Is there a reason why you say Pop Funko all the time instead of Funko Pops?" And 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 it's for some an idiot,
1: rated. That's why.
0: <laughs> no, for some no, for some reason it I, it just sounds better to me. It flows better to say Pop Funko than Funko Pop. But Funko
1: know, is the brand, and they are the the pops are like the line of I. I I
0: understand I understand that like I don't say like yeah I I drive I drive an Explorer Ford I get that (laughs) I understand that I'm just I'm just saying it It sounds better to me by saying pop -er. okay anyway uh so here's here's this semi pertinent news we I mean I just I bought a lot of I bought a lot of pops this (laughs) this this week uh, I awesome. bought. I bought. Just I bought get that Jerry. tax
1: return money and start making it rain <laughs> over at Hot Topic, huh?
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I bought Jerry, who's holding a Meeseeks box. Hey, I also
1: bought Jerry uh, today, <gasps> actually. So there oh. he is, outside of the box for the we're, video audience.
0: We're yeah. like so goddamn the same. Uh, and then I, I bought him. I bought a Meeseeks this this week, and then I bought this this bitchin' this bitchin'. I bought. I went. To, I went to Hot Topic specifically, and I bought Rick's ship. And Rick is inside the ship. And you actually and, took it out of the box. And I which, and I did take which, it out of the box. Which
1: regular listeners of the show will realize is a is <laughs> quite a feat.
0: And, and and we and we talk and we talked about this and and I and I told you in, in text when you were uh belittling me. We were like, <laughs> oh, oh, you guess you're not taking it out of the box because of the art. I said, here's here's the the levels, right? The art is is primary, secondary is the ability to stack. In my for those who are watching the video, they can see that my my shelves are, I mean, they're 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 pretty full already, so it goes it it goes to the secondary option, which is uh, the ability to stack. And this oh, yeah. this guy is, oh, yeah. it's it's a big it's a big mother truck box. So I'll throw yeah, the box it's... away, throw that art away. You threw it away? No, it's it's on the floor. Oh. I stepped on it to get here.
1: Brandon, Brandon, I. I mean, I take my pops out of the box, but <laughs> I have them all—all all those boxes stacked neatly in a closet.
0: Whatever, just dude. over
1: my right shoulder. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> Whatever.
1: I mean, I mean, I'm not—I'm not an animal here. Come on, let's <laughs> let's let's get this straight. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So we bought some pops, uh, and there's even more coming out. I'm sure you can Google that or something. Uh, we, we we don't want to spend too much time in this segment because. Uh, we yeah, have a, a lot. whole lot of stuff to talk about over in the main thing, uh, but we, we couldn't walk away from semi-pertinent news without the Dan Harmon tweet minute.
0: It's a Dan Harmon tweet minute. Brandon's going out and grabbing his tweets and sit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So,
1: so your ability out. to rhyme is on near Dan Harmon <laughs> levels.
0: I know. And just wait till we get to the Blood Dome Battle League. portion <laughs> of this. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> Um, all right. So, so I went, I, I grabbed this, I grabbed this out there from Dan Harmon's Twitter. Uh, and, and just to give you just a quick, quick fill in, he's talking about the dentist. So this is his tweet. He was listing out a bunch of, bunch of things that he wanted to ask the dentist. This is number four. Do you perceive any irony to the concept of reducing pain by sticking a needle in their gums 11 times? And that that's the Dan Harmon tweet minute. The Dan Harmon tweeting minute.
1: Thank you. I can't all be winners.
0: Thank you for humoring me,
1: Travis. Hey, we follow him on Twitter. So that's a thing that we do. (laughs) Um, All right, everybody. Uh, Let's let's get into why you're all really here. Uh, The reason why so many people have uh, gotten into Rick and Morty, some of these... Uh, fans consider this the best episode, their their intro episode, the episode they turn to whenever they want to show off the show to someone new. Uh, it's time to talk about mystics and destroy over in the main thing.
0: You know it's main thing. It's the main thing. The main thing. The main thing. <laughs>
1: All right. Wow. I like the I like the fade out. That's that I was I was
0: trying I was trying I was trying to go a little funkier, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Earthwind and Fire is coming to the Strawberry Festival uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm like, "Oh, you know what? I should Let's get him on the show. Let's do it." <laughs> uh, Earthwind and Fire. Uh, that is your name. Tell me it, like a single guy <laughs> who was, was just not even in the band. He's just at the Strawberry Festival that I pulled him to the show. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Rack and Mortar? <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're talking, we're talking about Me Seeks and Destroy, of course. This was season one, episode five, originally aired January 20th, 2014, written by Ryan Ridley, our friend, he's not our friend, Friend but he was on, he was on the show, friend of the show, friend of the show and directed by, I would, I would say friend of the show, Brian Newton. I'd say Facebook official friend. Yes. Brian. So Facebook official. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Travis, why don't, you, why don't you roll us through the synopsis, which is a pretty right. good synopsis provided by Reddit, of course.
1: Yes, thank you, official Rick and Morty subreddit for this synopsis. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen this episode, I mean, come on, right? But, but let's, <laughs> let's talk about what is actually going on in the show. Uh, so Morty thinks Rick's adventures are too dangerous, so they make a deal that allows Morty to be in charge of an adventure, which leads them into a Jack and the Beanstalk type scenario. At the same time, the rest of the family is having trouble with Rick's MeSeeks box, a cube that spawns helpful blue creatures called Mr. MeSeeks that normally explode once they have fulfilled the user's goal. However, despite succeeding in fixing Beth and Summer's comparatively more difficult issues, Jerry's MeSeeks are unable to help him improve his golf game. In their desperation, they summon more MeSeeks to assist them with assisting him, resulting in an endless fractal fractaling group of exasperated me seeks becoming increasingly frustrated about their prolonged existence.
0: Uh, that, that almost is, got through it. This is like my life, you know, just <laughs> existing and uh, existence is pain
1: for a Brandon.
0: <laughs> increasingly frustrated about my existence. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh this is, this is a big episode in the, pantheon I don't that's not probably not the right word but the pantheon of Rick and Morty episodes it's it it so establishes
1: iconic. like some 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 things that become uh repeated uh core elements to the show the uh the Morty leading every tenth adventure we we get that kind of repeating uh in some future episodes uh wobble of a dub dub is first introduced in this episode that, that, that's right and, and the iconic me seeks are are in their one and only episode despite extensive amounts of merchandise focused around the Meeseeks. <laughs> oh yeah, Travis uh, just showed
0: a plush for those. Like not with So
1: much stuff. You would think that the Meeseeks were a main character on the show if you just went to the store uh based on that alone.
0: That that that's right. And, and I I'll throw this as an aside out there. I I feel like Uh, you know, me seeks and some of the other characters that are, are featured prominently in like pops, pop Funkos. Mm -hmm. I said, I said, I say it wrong on purpose. Get over it. Um, in, in other merchandise out there, like you would think that all these, these characters, these awesome characters are staples of the show and they're, they're featured, you know, on multiple episodes, but they're not. And, and I, I think, you know, me Seeks, Mr. Seeks, is one of the first ones that even before Scary Terry or or Snowball, the ones that like they they embody what the show is. And and when yeah, you're yeah, I
1: could I could see that to an extent.
0: And and when, and when you're when we're telling people like, hey, you should watch this episode, a lot of people say this is the episode to go to. Yeah, yeah.
1: I and and for good reason. I think I think we're gonna get into a lot of those reasons uh as as we move through here. Uh, quick production notes uh, worth mentioning. Um, Tom Kenny doing the voice of Mr. Jellybean.
0: Do you, do you know who Tom Kenny is, don't you, Travis? Uh,
1: yeah, he's a he's a classic uh
0: voice actor. Correct. That that's right. He does the voice of SpongeBob. Square Spr- Sprinch Brad. And he was also in the video for Tonight Tonight, uh, by Smashing Pumpkins, who I am gonna see in concert <laughs> in July. Jeez, let me pick up that name drop that you Jeez. L- let me let me let me name drop a little bit more, Travis. I <laughs> I, I, I hung out with Tom Kenny one time at the Comic Con, like at like going to the bars. So, right. So yeah, yeah. So so cool. So you guys yeah, are um... basically best friends, is what Yeah. So
1: why didn't you get him on this episode?
0: Uh well you know, it's a it's a long story, but it comes down to um, you know I I killed this family. <laughs> oh. Yeah, also, you didn't ask. That was the other reason. <laughs> oh yeah, um, no, okay. Yeah, that's probably prime.
1: I would I would have just gone with number two there. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's get into uh, a whole bunch of questions about this episode that are uh, randomly pulled from mostly the previous Reddit discussion post. Uh, there's also some of the stuff that uh, we are a little bit interested in, um, but first and foremost. Uh we'll start with number one, uh, while Rick and Morty definitely hit the ground running. me Seeks feels like the first episode where the show straight up exploded in popularity. Why do you think this is? What is it about this one that proved so special
0: uh what oh. what are your thoughts brandon uh you, you, my my first my first thought is that you know, this when the sh- when the show came out and, and a lot of people still um and every once in a while, like even I say, Oh, yeah, it was based off of uh the Doc and Marty, which is a Back to the Future reference, and this kind of sci-fi tropish stuff. And this was the first episode that kind of goes away from that, where it's like it's not really it's not really sci fi. And it's actually a little bit more accessible than than all of that. And Yeah,
1: you could you could make the argument that there's almost no science fiction elements in it. I mean you, you have to suspend disbelief a little bit to be like, all right, where exactly did Rick and Morty go on their adventure? Like that's clearly not an earth place where they are like on their, on their adventure, most likely. Um, and, and, and the very start of the episode, which, which begins sort of at the tail end of another adventure uh, that we never really get to see uh, like the full uh, course of that adventure uh, there's some there's some sort of sci-fi elements in that, but but for the most part, the the, the bulk of this episode uh, doesn't deal with any sci-fi rigmarole.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. And and I would also throw out there that this may actually be one of the first episodes where, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, that the the B story is actually a Rick and Morty story, whereas the A plot is the the family dealing with the seeks. Yeah, I, I could,
1: I could agree with that. I think, I think when I think of this episode, I, I have to remember what Rick and Morty are doing. Like, yeah. you know, if I haven't watched it recently, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one where they go and do the giant stuff and everything. All right, that's right. Why,
0: well, why, why do you, why do you think that this was one that was so, so special or, or why this one boomed?
1: Well, I think one of the, I mean, aside from terrific writing and excellent animation, uh, one of the things that really makes the show unique and has helped to build its popularity is Justin Roiland himself. I think the uh, the life that he brings to Rick and Morty doing those voices is excellent, but anytime he is voicing another like predominant character in an episode, that character seems to stand out a little bit more. And so the fact that he ended up being the voice of the Meseeks, I think really gave a certain characterization to them that if they had, if they had been successful in bringing another voice actor on still could have been good, but it may not have hit as well as it did. I I just, the, the way that these me talk to each other, I think is so core to uh, my personal enjoyment of, of watching the episode.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, So, so for those out there who maybe this is your first episode or, or maybe you haven't gotten as far back in our backlog uh, as some other folks, we actually talked to Ryan Ridley, who wrote this episode, and we, we asked him specifically, like, hey, did you know that the Mr. Me Seeks episode, Me Seeks and Destroy, was going to be so big? And and this is this is what he said about that.
2: It's pretty clear that that anything Justin does the voice of is going to be hilarious and probably... A popular character, which is why <laughs> Mr. Meeseeks, Mr. Pooey Butthole, and even our little friend Noob Noob from Season 3 have all really kind of popped. So I just took for granted that that combination of those voices combined with that sci-fi concept, which is, you know, it's it's a takeoff on maybe, let's say, a genie trope or whatever, but it's not a one-to-one of anything we've seen, really. Although Rob Schraub would say, um, "Scud <clears throat> the Disposable Assassin much? but 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 all that being said i mean that's that's what the show is it's 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 justin's hilarious voices combined with cool sci-fi concepts and funny jokes and and so that was just another uh, example of that and and it was like the fifth episode i think we wrote so we're still so early on in the show we're not even sure what the show is yet and so yeah it wasn't like oh my god this is this is the big one there have been episodes where like oh when this comes out it's going to be this is going to be big we think but that one, it was like at that point we didn't know what the hell was going to be <laughs> popular.
0: There, there you go. That was Ryan Ridley, and, and, and if you want, I listen like that to I that laugh that. at his response both
1: in the original episode when we when we interviewed him, and then again <laughs> just now listening
0: to it. There, there, there's part of me that was like, oh, you know, he's actually he's laughing to sync up with what <laughs> Ridley is saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, that that's episode th- 33. So uh, we we do have a couple more clips here as we as we talk about Me Six and Destroy. Uh, but episode 33, go back and and listen to it. That was like mid season of of last year for season three. But anyways, uh, I, I, so yeah, like they, they didn't know that this was going to be a big one. And, and it's at surface level. If you just take the plot of the story and, um, you know, just the script and, and reading through the script as I did on that, that on the spot improv, which you can find on YouTube, whatever. Uh, if you you just reading through it, you don't, it's not, it's not a remarkable thing necessarily, but those, those voices elevated it to the point where now it is, it is an iconic thing.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so, all right. Do you, do you want to move on to this more somber (laughs) questions? Uh, uh, so, so this, this next topic is, is that that Justin Moreland has said in interviews before that the jelly bean scene was meant to be the opposite of funny. It was supposed to be a very serious moment and treated as such. However, it goes without saying that it had a very polarizing effect on audiences. Uh, do you think it went too far?
0: Do Do I think it went too far? Let We'll start with you because I I, answer, I answered first last time, and I, oh, I, I yeah. want to be. Well, polite. I read the
1: question last time. Okay.
0: Oh uh, well, you should <laughs> let me. Do, you should, I mean,
1: <laughs> All right. Listen. Listen up. Do I think it went too far? Uh, I am fortunate enough to to not have uh, a history where I feel like that scene triggered anything for me. Uh, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who saw that scene and maybe did have uh, an unfortunate experience where maybe that was push, pushing a line for them. Uh, yeah. I, I did read... Ryan Ridley's post on Reddit following, uh, and I think we have the link for it in the show notes, but where he talks about it, it not necessarily being like a rape scene, but maybe it's like, maybe it's some sort of more of like a drug addiction type thing with Mr. (laughs) Jelly Bean. And uh, he, he goes, he goes on to say that Mr. Jelly Bean just wants Morty to lick him because that's something that he gets like endorphins Be- from or something because, like because
0: because jelly beans have that like clear candy shell right and mr jelly Jellybean's been s- around for so long that his shell's starting to deteriorate so <laughs> like in order for him to get like this this fix he needs to uh, <laughs> like have have people lick him or something like that it's yeah it's a long post, and yeah, it's a, and
1: and it, and it talks about fashion. like well, it's just based on our like personal bias that we read into it that way. Right. Uh, yeah, okay, Ryan. Okay, sure thing, Riddles. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I I think that there are many shows that depict that sort of thing. I, I think there are shows like uh, Law and Order SVU where that's pretty much their whole game is is talking about that uh and and i don't know it's it's ha- it's the first time i think where the show tries to do something that is really ser- like it's a really serious type topic yeah. and they're not out outright trying to be funny with it um but the situation uh is juxtaposed by you know rick singing karaoke out in the saloon or whatever so it's i don't know it's hard Surrounded by a bunch of other stuff that is funny, uh, for v- viewers to say like, "Oh, is this supposed to be a joke?" Like, it's it's the first time where we've seen something like that where it's like, "Oh, oh, they're they're trying to do something serious."
0: Yeah, and, and that that scene of Mr. Jellybean trying to, you know, have his way or whatever he's doing with with Morty is also juxtaposed against the Meeseeks starting to revolt, right? right. Yeah. And, and and so I think I think they're they're trying to kind of keep those two together where like we're not we're not really joking. I know it's kind of an absurd absurd situation, but we're not really trying to joke. And and guess what? We got a clip from another guy who was on a show, Brian Newton, uh, talking about uh, talking about that specifically.
3: The sequence where uh, Morty is being uh, sexually assaulted in the bathroom, and and the uh, the Meeseeks fighting in the living room originally we did those scenes independently. So I boarded and uh, I boarded the scene where Morty's being uh, assaulted. And then I also worked with Juan and uh, myself when we did like a lot of the me seek mayhem, Dan, it was Dan's idea in editing to like cut those scenes together on top of each other. And I think that really made that fucking episode, even for me where I was like, Oh man, that's, (laughs) that's a good idea. And and,
0: I, I mean, I, I agree, right? Like if, if you had those, those two scenes, completely separate by the way this is brandon and i'm not doing a recorded clip <laughs> uh if, no if, we're you, if, if we kept those two if they kept those two scenes separate uh you know like you have to think of what else they would kind of cut in between th- those scenes so if you have mr jellybean and showing more of rick like gambling or or doing these like kind of silly things it would make it would it would partially uh belittle or or minimize the effect of what Mr. Jellybean was trying to do to Morty in, in the bathroom and Morty beating the shit out of him.
1: <laughs> right. And, and I think it's interesting uh, sort of the, the scenes following what, what transpires in the bathroom where you see Morty come out and he's visibly shaken. He's ready to just call the adventure off after being so insistent. They, they keep pushing on, they keep, they keep going through uh, whatever this adventure brings them, uh, and and Rick is finally at that point where he's like, yeah, no, I'm having fun, I'm I'm relaxed, and and this is great. I'm sorry that I, so it, it's almost like a switching of of uh, perspective there between the two of them. Yeah, but then Rick is also picking up on the fact that Mr. Jellybean or King Jellybean, uh, is coming out of the bathroom all you know busted up and and he's he's picking up on on what's going on but also not not calling it out. He's not he's not sort of making the situation worse for Morty by by being like, "All right, what, you know, insisting on what happened or anything like that."
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I and I think that that's one of the uh follow-on posts that in in the the Reddit discussion thread they uh a user follows up with, which is yeah, like something bad is happening to Morty, but it's showing that Rick, who up until this point in time is, is kind of, you know, kind of a selfish guy. When the when that when Mr. Jellybean comes out all bruised up and, and more, he's like, oh, let me, just give me the portal gun. Let's just let's just go home. And his eyes, just his little star, whatever eyes, <laughs> you know, just pan across and follow Mr. Jellybean or King Jellybean. You know. Rick, at that point in time, he shows a little bit of benevolence that yeah. we haven't necessarily seen in in the show up till that point in time. So, you know, it's on on one hand, maybe we shouldn't use rape esque scenes to uh lift up a character and and make them more important. But at the same time, it, it does. It does show that.
1: Oh. Um, all right. So I I don't know, let me get your thought. What do you what did you think about Ryan Ridley's explanation of the scene? Do you Do you feel like, I mean, I mean, Brian Newton even refers to it as like a sexual assault scene uh, when he was boarding it, but um, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty clear what it really is. And I think Ryan is a good writer
0: and I think he can write an excellent post that kind of, um, go, go, go to, go to to our show notes, go into the Reddit thread. Uh, It's linked there as well go read what, what Ridley's explanation of the jelly bean scene is because I mean, as I was cracking up as I was, as I was reading it, but it's a very like, um, just, just, a, a just talking around it and making up a completely different story to be like, no, it's not that at all. It's, it's, it's actually more of a drug addiction. And at the very, <laughs> and at the very, that you Morty's know, the post- more like a giant walking crack rock. Than, yeah. Than a- and then, and in the post-credit scene where the they say, you know, we don't want to remember him for the the jelly bean he was, or, or what we want to re- remember him for what he represented, you know, it's a cultural thing. We don't know what those pictures were. We don't could it have, could have stocks been stalks of celery. Maybe celery is bad there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we we miss you, Ridley. Come talk come, to us again. Come talk again. We we'd love to have you back. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right. So, so Rick promises that Morty could be in charge of every tenth adventure. Yeah. Dot dot dot. That's all of the question that you that you posted into the the show notes. No, um, that, we we do see another yeah. Morty adventure uh, in season two. Correct? What 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 is that one? Can you remember off the top of your head?
0: So so ten 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 episodes later. Let me let me count. I have the the, the episode list up in front of me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. It's total Rick Hall, and that's not really. It. That's not really a, a Morty adventure. That's that's like a whole family adventure. Yeah, that's not. But uh, yeah. But, so so skipping that one, uh, okay. you, know, you know, cherry picking our data. Um, we 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 then go all the way down to Vindicator's three, the Return of World Ender, and that is that is that that the is 20th very adventure. much a uh,
1: a Morty episode, uh, adventure. It's it, I think I think it caches in a punch card on that episode actually, which I (laughs) like that it's gotten to that point where he has to stamp off the adventures to make sure they're keeping track.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Rick broke his promise based off of what we just counted. Total recall was not a a Morty adventure.
1: Maybe, maybe they're like using like base zero. And so maybe like there was that one extra one that we didn't, I don't know, maybe a cup, maybe, well, maybe, maybe they didn't count, uh, interdimensional cable uh because they didn't actually go on an adventure they just hung around and watched tv oh yeah
0: m- maybe if if that if that's the case then auto erotic assimilation is is the 10th one
1: oh well anyway uh moving on <laughs> yeah I, okay. I don't what do you think what do you think about the whole morty getting to do every 10th adventure like uh, i i like that they're just straight up calling them adventures at this point and like <laughs> yeah. But they're just like, yeah, we go out and do things and every 10th one Morty gets to be in charge.
0: Uh, I uh five, 5 episodes into the the first 11 episodes of the the first season, I I think it's a good way to just really in, instead of like a show getting so far into its run and then getting to like the 3rd season or whatever and then saying, "Okay, now let's start joking about how far we've come and yeah, these are adventures. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah. Well they, and they, and they just go out. The f- they they start up right away and say, Yeah, we're we're going on adventures. This is kind yeah. of a meta thing.
1: Yeah. Uh and and this is this is where they do get into some more like the fourth wall breaking and, and things like that where that they, where they're there's I, I could see the inklings of some of the uh fan theories where they're like Rick knows he's on a TV show. Uh yeah. those sorts of theories. Like this is maybe some of those first bits where you're like Okay. What's what's going on here with with Rick? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um so you know, with with this kind of thought in mind with continuation and and going forward and kind of, you know, serializing the show. Do you you know, the the, the whole 10th adventure thing, but Miss Me seeks, right? The the super popular Me seeks. Do you think that other than other than blips and chits, which by the way, I got Side story. I got a pin from uh, the my local comic shop, JMT, hey. uh, be, because you know, they they did something and they're like, oh, we'll give you a free pin for it. Um, <laughs> anyway, whatever. So he's he's later in the episode. We uh, sorry the the show season two. We know that for a fact. But do you think that Meeseeks will play a prominent role later on in the series at all? I mean, I think
1: I think the writers are well aware that the Meeseeks are super popular. Uh, I know that they've been asked directly uh, at, like, Comic-Con panels and things like that, when are the Meeseeks coming back? Um, and they've said in interviews that, for season three, they they looked for ways to incorporate the Meeseeks. But they're also being very, uh, I'd say, smart about the way that they're writing the show, and they're writing the show to make good episodes, not to do fan service. And so while I think a lot of people would like to see the Miseeks come back, I don't think they're going to write a bad episode just to put Miseeks back on screen. So I, I do think they will find a way to bring them back. I think that, um, I mean, obviously the animators have found ways to kind of hide them in the backgrounds of, of different scenes. Um, but I, and of course in the comic books, there's, there's a fair amount of, uh, Me-seek stuff sprinkled throughout, I think, but, Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I definitely do think we'll see more me seeks, but I, I don't know if it'll be the same. I think it'll be maybe, maybe more of a utilitarian, like use of the me seeks or something like that.
0: Right, right, right. And, and and not necessarily the main characters of the show using him as, as we, as we see in, uh, when, when he's in the background of blips and chits, um, I well, I'm
1: not I'm not looking for a Mie seeks origin story. I'll, I'll I'll come out and say it.
0: Right. Yeah. That and that, and, that, and that's good because, you know, I I think the Mie seeks are good to kind of like think about, hey, where where do they come from? But I don't think it's a good strategy necessarily for the creators to really kind of go out and and, ex, and explore that.
1: Uh Yeah, I I think it's great for all of Unity's fan fiction that they're yeah. that they're writing to kind of fill fill the void between now and season four um so yeah send us your send us your fanfics uh <laughs> rick and morty podcast at gmail.com in,
0: in in the meantime we do i i will say that brian newton and ridley have have thoughts about uh, thoughts about that but let's let's just let's just say this let's just say this they have their own opinion on what they think the me seeks might be i i don't necessarily agree but travis you listen to this and you tell me, tell me what you think.
3: It's not even really science fiction. I mean, what, is, what are the Mises? I, I had one theory. It's like in my head. And again, I'm not one of the writers. Uh, Justin has his own ideas so this. You, this is just me with my own grain of salt. From my head, they are literally from a planet. And that when you hit the box, it teleports one of them there. And then they do a job and then they die. But they're just like, this plant's like a holding cell. That's how they exist in my head. But I'm sure, like, I was talking to other people. It's like, literally, when you press the button, they are created into existence. And then they disappear and die right after that. The idea came from, and uh, Justin will be able to tell this better. I'm sure he has at one point. I think it was uh, inspired by a Mr. Show character that David Cross did. Uh, and there was like a bit where like this guy had a really scratchy voice and wore like a ridiculous one piece suit and and I think would de- try attempt to do things. I don't know if the whole like dying in three days was a part of that bit or, or dying instantly after the task is performed.
0: Yeah, I, I don't need, I don't know either, Brian. And if you're listening to this, I I, I still I still don't know. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> we, we we didn't do our Mister Show research for the Rick and Morty <laughs> podcast. Sorry. Uh,
0: I will I will say that uh, you know um, in the the clip that we played from from Ridley when he mentions Scud the disposable assassin uh, what the f- what did I just say Scud the disposable assassin uh, you know that that's another interesting thought because Rob Schraub put out this this comic and basically the comic was there's a vending machine that you can go to and you can pay money and then a disposable assassin comes out and then once it kills the thing that you want it to kill then it disappears like it dies yeah. um and, and so so Ridley is 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 subtly or not so subtly calling out that yeah it's kind of the same idea it's it's kind of kind of based on that same premise <laughs> uh but yeah yeah so yeah i i i think it's interesting Travis um this isn't this isn't our show notes but i i did want to ask you what did you what do you think like, uh, the, um, the origin story of Meeseeks. Like, Ridley, he he says that you know he thinks that Rick doesn't create the Meeseeks. That he just like goes to a store and, and finds the box somewhere. Do do you think that Rick is the creator of this, or do you think he found it somewhere?
1: I don't. I I, I do think a Meeseeks box is something that he picked up along his travels. Uh, it's just kind of like kept in a cardboard box on the shelf. Um but it's one of those things where it's like, hey, that would be really handy to have around. Let me grab one. I'll keep it in the garage or whatever. You know, <laughs> like it's not I don't I don't I I do like the idea that that me seeks are are something like a little bit you know, either mystical or some sort of like, you know, magical type property to them. So it's not something that you know, Rick just whipped up in the garage one day, but it's it's something that he picked up, and it's sort of like a souvenir that he's like, "Oh yeah, I have this. This this will help you open your jar,
0: Jerry." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I I think I think I agree with that. Like, you know, he he he's he's so smart. He's so talented. I mean, I have a crush on him. Man, he's just so beautiful. He's a beautiful creature. But I think that. Even even Rick is practical enough to go to a an intergalactic swap meet and like, <laughs> oh, cool. Like I found some original Star Wars figurines. um Oh, there's there's a Boba Fett with this defect that makes it worth five gazillion dollars. Schmeckles, if you will. Yeah, you know, I'll buy that. Oh, hey, what what is this thing? Oh, it's a oh, it's a box where things uh, uh, creatures called me seeks do things for you. Well, in the
1: in the Gazorpazorpian episode, right? Like they're in a some sort of intergalactic pawn shop, like right at the at the start of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think I think he picks things up around the universe. Like, and f- honestly, if if I saw Miseek's box, I'd be like, hey, that that's handy to have around. <laughs> uh, you know, like so. Yeah, I I, I definitely think he probably just picked it up somewhere, and I, and I think that helps with the idea that we see other people using Meseeks, um, the Blips and Chips uh, example. Like, yeah, it's just something that exists in the universe. Some people have a Meseeks box and and they take advantage of it. Other people have never heard of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And, and that, that, that's a good point because, you know, I, when we did the Blood Dome Battle League last week with Meseeks versus Fart, one of the things I, I thought of was, Okay, what is a situation where Meeseeks is going to have to fight fart, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like that's 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 a weird difficulty, and um, you know, I I was trying to think of well, it depends on who has this Meeseeks box, and and what their what their intent is, sure. Uh, and, and then actually, sorry, I'm going to play another clip, but it's it's Ridley talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> we asked him why doesn't can't people use this box for different things?
2: Yeah, I wonder if that just is, is due to the lack of imagination of the user. Perhaps just, you know, what with what, what someone who's like, well, yeah, what am I going to, like, say,
0: take over the universe for me? Who am I to play God? <laughs> so when I was, when I was editing this, the soundboard to include that clip on here, every time he said, who am I to play God, I laughed every <laughs> single time.
1: <laughs> uh well and it's funny because it, it leads to sort of a fundamental aspect of the me seeks and it's something that rick says very nonchalantly when he hands the box over to jerry summer and beth but it's he says keep your tasks simple right they're not gods um there the me seeks isn't intended to be something that you're like oh help me take over the world. Help me to do something that's going to take a significant amount of time or 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 days or things like like they're intended for small menial tasks that they can complete quickly and then die. Uh and and that's that's what they want to do. So if if the task is a little bit more complex, it's not really what they're intended for. So I I don't know. Like, I, I, I do think that that I like that aspect of it, that they are a complex, uh, capable organism that sort of has a very short lifespan with the one, like, known task that they have to complete and they're excited about completing it and then excited about not existing anymore.
0: Right, right. And, and I think in, in Blood Dome Battle League, that's what I was like, kind of, them, the Grophomites banking on the Meseeks just wanting to die right their their yeah. their pain of existing and just wanting to be like forcing them into create something for me to capture this uh non carbon life form yeah <laughs> so uh yeah anyway anyway um there there was a there's a question well not a question necessarily, but there's a post in the original discussion forum about. Mr. Meeseeks being a metaphor for uh, one-time characters, like kind of, kind of throwaway characters in a, a TV series. Meeseeks um, being an example, <laughs> Scary Terry, a lo- really a lot of episodes in Rick and Morty that are throwaway characters. Blim Blam, we talk about a little bit later. Uh, what what do, you, what do you think? Do you, do you think Meeseeks is a metaphor for that, or could it I be? mean they're they're an example of it? Uh, I, I don't know if it,
1: uh, I, I read another post talking about, or or I think maybe, oh, and forgive me unity. If I think it was one of you that actually sent us this, uh, but it was the idea of, of me seeks being like a metaphor for our own excitement or interest, uh, when it comes to doing a certain task. oh Um, and, and that you know, when you start to try something new, whether it's becoming popular in school or taking two strokes off your golf game uh, early on, you're very excited about it and you, you have that can do attitude. Uh, (laughs) But then very quickly, if you're not, I mean, and, and, and if you're able to do it and, and you're successful quickly, then that, that urge to do it goes away. It stops existing because you've gotten what you want. But if you are not successful, that that emotion starts to change, it starts to sour. It becomes frustrated. It's like, come on, let's just figure this out. Let's just try to get it done. And at some point, you might get really angry, and you might lash out <laughs> irrationally. Um, I I do like that idea, and and please uh, forgive us if if you came up with that idea. Let us know, and we will we will short you out uh, in a following episode. Uh, but. I don't know, as far as them being a metaphor for one-time characters, I, I don't know, I think that's maybe a bridge too far. I think it's, it's more of just a good example of one-time characters and how they can be successful in a series to kind of drive everything forward.
0: Now, uh, on, on, on both counts, it is a great example. And going back to your, your thoughts, uh, wh- whichever of Unity's thoughts are of us, going after a task and being really, really excited and, and optimistic and, and really just pushing forth on that type of stuff. I, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to today, as a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to do yard work, it's such a menial <laughs> thing. I'm going to do yard work. I'm going to do great. I'm going to, the, the lawn is never going to look better. And I still I go- have
1: snow on my front lawn, by the way, <laughs> just so oh, we're clear. But
0: I'm in Florida. It's, it's great here. I I'm I mowed maybe a quarter of my lawn I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I need to be done. I need to be done. And then, you know, at the at the very end I, I did. I finished and then I took a nap and I'm like, ah, oh, good. I can leave this this mortal plane. <laughs> <laughs> Existence is over. It was so great. And and so I think in a way that is a, a metaphor for exactly that. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> Mowing uh, well,
1: a I mean as written here in the show notes, other than your depraved sexual fantasies, uh, what is something that you would do with a me box?
0: I, I just talked about mowing my lawn. <laughs> it, I would, I would have a me box just for yard work. There's a, there's a joke out here in Florida and I, I went to a liquor store and, uh, there was a yard working person who was talking to the cashier and saying to the cashier, I'll I'll do the lawn for you. Then I then I was next in line and she's like, "Oh, these guys are always trying to do my lawn. I I, I do my own lawn." It, well, it turns out there's a joke that nobody in Florida does their own lawn. They they just pay everyone else to do it. Uh somebody's well, got to
1: be doing these lawns.
0: I would buy a Seeks box to go ahead and stick with that cliché. <laughs> Because I don't want to, I don't want to do my lawn Saint Augustine grass. It's it's high maintenance, <laughs> it's high maintenance grass.
1: To me, like <laughs> just like I have like an Amazon Echo in like multiple rooms, <laughs> I would I would totally love to have a Meeseeks box where I could just be like, oh, these kids they left all their left all their shoes everywhere. <sighs> I'm Mister Meeseeks, look at me. <laughs> hey, can you pick up all these shoes? Can do. And then the shoes would be cleaned up. And then poof, he's gone. Like that, the most menial task. I'm like, wow, how? I just did the dishes. How do we have a sink full of dishes again? Poof, I'm Mr. Meeseeks.
0: <laughs> look at me. Like that, that housework. Se- that done. seems like that seems like such a more uh, to me. That seems like such a more dick move. Where it's like, or like you'd say like Alexa, turn off the lights. But instead of Alexa, you'd be like Meeseeks, turn off the lights. And like, can do flick. <laughs> All right, see you later. And then he disappears. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think there's a limit,
1: right? I don't think yeah. there's a limit on how many times we can hit that button. So, I mean, somebody's got a vacuum. Are you going to get a Roomba or are you going to get a Meseeks? I mean, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, uh, anyways, I feel bad for him. You know, th- talking about this episode again, you know, existence is pain. That's really just an excuse for them to be like, we're good. Just get us out of here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and we see it. We see it, right? When when they're struggling with Jerry's golf game, like just how much they want to die. They don't want to exist. Like, yeah. you know, ex- like when, when he's like, "Can we get back to the task at hand?" Uh, Meeseeks don't usually live this long. It's getting weird, man. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, cool. I, I like to think of the Meeseeks maybe like tripping a little bit. Like, oh, they're they're losing losing grip with, uh, you know, normal consciousness or something like that. Right. right. Uh, anyway. And as you mentioned, the Rick and Morty, uh, plot line of this episode sort of does take a backseat to the me seeks. We've spent most of this podcast episode talking about the me seeks, uh, the but yeah, I, I do want to get back to, to some of what goes on with, with Rick and Morty in this episode. Uh, and, and one of the things that we, we haven't seen a whole lot, uh, in the series up to this point, but uh, it's it's sort of the first time where we really see uh, Rick kind of sticking his neck out for Morty um, to a point where he's not just playing the character of the the know it all scientist that's that's taking a sort of absent minded assistant out on these adventures, um, but he's he's really showing a little bit more heart. I think at times, uh, yeah. just the fact that he's willing to go along with Morty on this adventure, I think uh, shows a different side of Rick, but then really the way that the whole King Jellybean uh, series of events plays out uh, really, really starts this question of, of how much does Rick really love Morty as a grandson versus how much he just kind of likes having him around for, what he would say is utilitarian purposes, the Morty waves counteracting the Rick waves and, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like when I mentioned it earlier in the, in the show, just his such a, a subtle animation. Like, like I did a really crappy animation where like the only thing I felt, uh, lazy enough, to To do was move a character's eyes up right <laughs> like like slowly, you know, them, but in in more competent hands, making Rick's eyes just slowly pan across a room, following king jellybean like he he cares he he's not he's not he's not nearly as sociopathic as the rest of this the series makes him out to be yeah. and yeah. uh and that's. You know I, I think Rick and Morty, when it comes down to it, there is the the surface level where like uh these characters are are all assholes, and they don't care about each other really, and then the subsurface where no they they do they do care about each other, and they, they want they want uh everyone to be safe and they want them to be loved, like even though it's in a dysfunctional way
1: yeah, and it's it's an interesting way that Rick handles. King Jellybean, where he definitely realizes that he he did something to Morty. It was something that was traumatizing enough to Morty that he didn't want to tell Rick about it. Yeah. Um, and and Rick doesn't handle that situation in front of Morty. Uh, I I think that there's something interesting there. Where at the end they've handed over the Schmeckles, King Jellybeans <laughs> coming. They're like, let's get out of here. So they go through the portal. He gets Morty out of there, and then sticks his gun back through the portal, and and shoots King Jellybean, exploding him into a bunch of gooey pieces. Right. Um. Almost not exposing Morty to that. Like I don't know, I don't know why he made that choice, but it was one of those things where he's like, maybe I don't want Morty to have to deal anymore with this situation at all. But for his sake, I'm gonna take care of it just because I thought it was you know whatever he did it was wrong and so i'm going to handle it in in a rick sort of way
0: yeah i i think it comes back to this this thought of altruism where altruism you know the the thought is no one is truly altruistic because even if you're doing something for other people in a way you're still doing it for yourself
1: right and right like cuz you you want the recognition or you want sort of even the people that like Donate to charity, but then like tell everybody about the char- charity they're donating to, like We're, right. Yeah,
0: that's and, yeah. and, and even it, and even even if they don't tell everybody about them donating to charity, that they're, they're still getting some kind of self gratification from it, right. And and in a way, I feel that Rick can be altruistic in in this kind of not pure altruism way. Uh, as as everyone else in the world, everyone else that we ever known or will ever know is is this way. In that they're still getting something out of it, but they're still protecting their family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. That's that covers the majority of the the, the Reddit questions. There. There. We're getting into our favorite bits. Bits, little bits. uh segments here uh and there's a lot of them i wrote a lot down uh, <laughs> yes. I, I think i pretty much have the whole episode in here but uh, i want to <laughs> i want to hit a bunch of these just co- sort of sort of fast and just call them out uh the first thing i wrote down was the dan Harmon giant yes uh if uh when when, when they go uh up up the beanstalk uh i don't know if it was planned by the writers but it, i definitely think this was maybe something the animators threw in where the giant that dies by slipping on his floor and knocking his head on the corner of a table looks an awful lot like show creator <laughs> Dan Harmon, uh, somewhat in the in the buff. But I don't know, video viewers, you can kind of see some some
0: images of him here. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what? So I knew he did the voice, but looking at the video, Harmon doesn't do the
1: voice of the giant.
0: Oh, he doesn't. No, oh. uh, it's just
1: based on the look of him. Uh, in the commentary, <laughs> it says who does the voice. I didn't write it down, but
0: but but it. Uh, so go but back. It does
1: still kind of sound a little bit
0: like Harmon. Watch the episode, and yeah, it 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 does. And 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 when I watched the episode last uh, this this last time, I was looking for the voice. I wasn't looking for the look of the giant. Yeah, yeah. looking at the giant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how did I not? How did I not catch that last <laughs> time? Um, you also have here the first appearance of Tammy. Tammy,
1: yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm assuming you're you're not following this podcast along with your first viewings of the show. If you are, um, Tammy will show up as as a named character in future episodes, and uh, and as the bane of all of our existence uh, in in episodes beyond that. But. Uh, when, when the Meeseeks is giving a speech at school about why you should be friends with Summer and, and helping to make her popular, uh, right after that, a, a group of a teenagers runs over to Summer to kind of become this new group of friends, and we get our first look at Tammy as one of those individuals that, that links up with Summer. So it could be argued that uh, Bird Person's Demise, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, is, is due to the me I don't know. I don't know. It,
0: it could be argued, and it has been argued, that this yes. was the first place that, oh, Tammy, undercover, realized, oh, here's where Rick is, and we're going to take right, him down.
1: because b- bringing the me-seeks to school, even yeah. though in the very first episode, Morty shows up in the cafeteria via a portal. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Like I mean, We'll blame it on the me
0: Theories, Theor- you know, cherry picking, cherry picking data. That's <laughs> that's what that's what U.S. is about right now. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, let, so one of my one of my uh, favorite bits, uh, favorite bits, was, uh, uh, and, I, and I think you have a couple of these uh, in in your favorite bits too, was slippery slippery stairs. That was a bad <laughs> impression. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Just I mean the whole thirsty step tavern is just so absurd, and if, if there's so many great characters and and oddities in there if there's anything that that's going to um take away from the overpowering me seeks aspect of this episode, it's that tavern everything that happens in that tavern uh mr booby buyer uh <laughs> scarlog poppies the stair goblins yeah we got a, we got a whole bunch of them up. In the book. Uh, all, all of that—it just—it it cracks me up. The, the whole, the whole monologue, which which I, I I don't have in front of me, would just like, uh, that's how much uh, twenty five. I can take you down the stairs for twenty five schmeckles, schmeckles.
1: What, what what How how much money is that? Like, uh, is that a lot? Is it a little? <laughs> I, I, don't,
0: I don't know. <laughs> that's how much I paid for my boobies. I and then fake it, boobies. Oh, I will I'll
1: buy those boobies. For, I'm Mr. Booby Buyer. I'll buy those boobies for 25 Schmeckles. <laughs> like
0: that. That whole that whole exchange. If if I could just get that exchange in just a clip, that would <laughs> that would embody this episode for me, even beyond the Me Seeks. Like just oh, yeah. that aspect. Oh,
1: and I like that the Schmeckles have kind of become a go to current currency for for fans of the show. They'll they'll say, Oh, I'll buy those for for your X number of Schmeckles or, you know, there's, uh, some, some other, like, uh, in the interdimensional cable too. Uh, I think there's Steely has a few other <laughs> yeah. levels of currency that he uses, but uh, Schmeckles are usually my go to. Some,
0: some bobbish, any yeah. and, and even on our Patreon, like that's, that's what I've gone to <laughs> for like, oh, uh, for the different tiers. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. want to watch our video? It's only five Schmeckles. <laughs> Uh, absolutely.
1: I, I like, uh, some of the ways that the giant people have, have played on the, uh, fee-fi-fo-fum, like classic trope, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the civil, civil activist for, uh, little people comes in, fifi fi fo fum I smell the violation of civil liberties, and then he says, you are free fi to Faux home. And everybody looks at him like blankly. Like he's like, it's, it's, it's a play on that thing. We say, you know, cause we're giants. We're giants. Like, I, I, when I hear that and, and in part, because it's Ryan Ridley doing the voice of the character. <laughs> yeah. But part of me feels like that's him like pitching that line in the writer's room where he's like, they could say like they're free five to foe home. And everybody just looks at him like, really? And he's like, eh, "Come on, like it's uh you know, it's that thing they say, you know?"
0: Yeah. And then they're just like, "Yeah, write it in exactly that no. way." <laughs> and, and, and you're like, oh, "I mean, cool. I, I won want a victory, but come on, like you don't. Yeah. Nobody else thinks this is funny. Come on." on. <laughs> um. All right. So one of the we this this episode and episodes before have kind of set the example for. Uh, quotes that we say in and out of daily life. <laughs> yes. And so, so two quotes of mine that that really kind of stick out are one, when people are like, "You just need to relax." They don't say it to me because I'm always relaxed, but they say it in general, and I say, "Have you ever tried to relax?" It's a paradox. <laughs> and good, good on Jerry for <laughs> for yeah. that line.
1: Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the more brilliant things I think Jerry says. Throughout the series,
0: yeah, um, and and the, the the second thing is, I accept your call to adventure, good sir, kind sir. <laughs> I say good sir, kind sir, because I say sir to a lot of people on a day to day basis. Sure, <laughs> I say good sir, kind sir, all the time, <laughs> and nobody, nobody understands what I'm saying.
1: Nope, nope, it's just one of those. <laughs> One of those hidden gems. Yeah. Uh, good
0: sir. A Couple other
1: things that I really liked. I like when, when Jerry does his sort of Johnny Carson impression at dinner with Beth. <laughs> Countries known for their uh sexually aggressive men or whatever he says. <laughs> like, yeah. Um I like the the big build up uh just when there's like a, a house full of me seeks and uh and they're like, I think we can all agree that the follow through is the most important thing here for us to focus on. <laughs> and then someone else is like, it's clearly like, it's clearly squaring the shoulders or something like that. Yeah. And like the, the original me that's all like, just like disheveled is like in a chair. And he's like, like the one thing we need to focus on is Jerry. And if he's dead, he can't, he can't put, <laughs> take two strokes off or whatever. Um, and then also once Jerry triumphantly hits a tomato across a room into a into a pan or into a pot, uh, and all the me-seeks disappear. You have that one me-seeks that's like, I'm a bit of a stickler me-seeks. <laughs> and he's like, how's your short game? I lost it the first time that me showed up. I thought that was terrific.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, so on the on the Reddit thread, they, they go a little bit uh, deeper into it uh, with... In the animation stages, um, Brian Newton actually told the, the Reddit folks that Juan Leon Meza worked with Mike Mendel to make sure that Jerry's golf game form, Jerry's golf form and short game were on point, and hmm. he was a bit of a stickler, <laughs> and their boss. So, so I thought that that was a really interesting thing that I didn't even consider that the animators needed. Somebody playing golf in a cartoon needed to look like he knew how to play golf in a yeah. cartoon,
1: at least well enough to take two strokes <laughs> off his handicap.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 last the last thing I'll say was, you know, uh, I hung out with uh, Tom Kenny, uh, King King Jellybean, pretty uh, much best friend. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't know that was Tom Kenny for a long time, and King Jellybean originally was in some of uh, Justin Roiland's early animation as um, uh, Mr. Jellybean for Channel 101 stuff. And mm-hmm. Mr. Jellybean was originally voiced by Ryan Ridley. So <laughs> uh, so go out, go out and uh, watch that video. But I thought that was... Uh, I wanted to ask Ridley before we recorded this, like, hey, do you ever want to punch Tom Kenny in the face for stealing your voice work? <laughs> But uh, Yeah,
1: because Ryan Ridley, Ryan Ridley never has the opportunity to voice characters never. on Rick and Morty. He pre- <laughs> pretty much is, has, has missed that opportunity. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyways, so go out, look at un- Unbelievable Tales hosted by Crumply Crumplestein. If you want to, <laughs> by the way, there, there's a theory out there that Mr. Jellybean with Unbelievable Tales actually went on to be King Jellybean when he, when he ran from the law. You have to watch Same the video to okay? understand. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all
1: connected. Uh, all right. Well, I th- I think that's a pretty good summation of our thoughts on on the Meeseeks episode. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that we missed, and I'm sure you have a lot more to add to this conversation. Unity. So uh, please hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook, or or send us an email over on over on either the Reddit post on our subreddit or when this becomes a sticky post over on the uh, official Reddit or the official Work and Morty subreddit. Uh, yeah. Let us know your thoughts on me seeks and destroy uh, any of the stuff that we talked about in this episode. We would love to hear that feedback.
0: That is absolutely correct. Brandon. Yes. It's time. It's time
1: for a fight. It's Ugh. time for time for things to get a little more intense. Oh, yeah. It's time for that. <laughs> It's time for that blood dome battle league.
0: <laughs> blood dome battle league. That, that's absolutely right. Uh, this week we have Blim Blam versus Water Tea. Water
1: Tea.
0: So for first, uh, let, let let's go let's go to our social media. And let's let's talk from there. Uh, So the art of science one who all, by the way, also calls us out every week because we we post our polls slightly late or slightly early. So thanks. Thank you to the art of science one. Uh, He or she. I, I don't know your gender. I'm sorry. Water tea, of course. Nothing can beat the power of caring and being a god elemental force thing. At Inked Inspector says, after giving us some thought, I don't know that H2O H2O can be infected with space aids and we all know water tea is packing heat to crunch some numbers. Gotta go with the tea. Our friend Kevin, so So lucid. So lucid. Blim Blam is a murderer with what could be called space aids. He eats babies, not full grown alphabetrites. Water T is a seasoned fighter from his battles against the Numbaracons. Numbericons? Numbaracons? Numbaracons? I don't know. It's, it's I, getting late. It's a cultural thing. Uh, yeah. Also, I never noticed that Blim Blam's fingers are dicks until looking at the still above that we posted <laughs> in the, the thing. Uh, Janine, true. also on the Facebook, Blim Blam has been locked in Rick's secret garage basement bunker for God only knows how long. He's probably not in the best of fighting shape right now plus water tea he cares now he would win i care now <laughs> well uh, do you want to know the result
1: travis i i know the result but i work on this podcast <laughs> uh what i want to hear is is your amazing efforts brandon this week <laughs> to bring us uh the the fight in an all new way uh we know you love <laughs> we know you're you're musically minded uh, and when you told me don't you were put doing this, pressure on me. I, I mean,
0: I, I said, yes, so I'm complicit. Uh, sorry to your friend, Tyler, who really hates me doing anything <laughs> with my voice. I don't know why you listen to this podcast. He hates my voice. Uh, He's
1: just, he just doesn't, he feels weird about singing in public. And so I think he gets anxiety when he hears you make up songs for a bit for our bit
0: <laughs> all right right on well so you know iced tea water tea is a part of this so i figured what's the best way to describe this this battle to you well here's what i came up with it's three minutes long Here's a tale of the Blood Dome Battle League Better get on your back or better straight up take a knee This one's up from the story vault The wise of this battle just ain't nobody's fault I put this on arpeggio A long time ago from the planet Alpha Petrium, Lived a wise old king and a prince who didn't listen to him Said the king to the boy go off and find your way Said the boy to the king today I think I may Today, I think I may. He's talking about warranty. And this is his school. Stuck up on babies I'm Talking about
2: that, blim blim. that blim blim
0: blim blim. He sees a planet Sensing newborns and toddlers at play Should I splurge for my afternoon feeding? Today I think I may I'm Talking about the The valley, the prince, he catches sight of them. An alien attacking babies looks up and says, My name is Blim Blam. The prince, he doesn't take it light, knows this act isn't right. Remembering what his father said, puts up his dukes and fights. The king's so concerned for the sake of other children, of other races, other beings. All out with their younger versions. It's one thing to help your own, but now blames hurting other persons. You dare watch your not do enough. There's a bigger picture here, and you're not up to snuff. I'm sorry, my son, for what's next. It isn't punishment, but do you care more? I'm afraid that this is punishment. <laughs> Ladies and so gentlemen, much fucking you needed, time on
1: that. If you needed a reason to support this show for $5 a month, uh, in order to see, I don't even know if it's five bucks, whatever. Go check out how many schmeckles it costs you to get the video version of this podcast. So um, there's, there's three minutes of Brandon doing stuff. Um, anyway, yeah, well. Well, that was a, a job. Here, here's what I'll say, Brandon. I'm <laughs>
0: sorry. I'm sorry. You I'm never sorry. cease to
1: amaze me. <laughs> and if Dan Harmon can rap, why not all of us, right?
0: So, <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, we we when we when we do these, these Blood Dome battle leagues, I we. We kind of know who's gonna win because it's all random, right? And you're like, oh, well, this is gonna be a fan favorite, of course. Uh, this is uh, just power wise, this this one's gonna win. I wanted Baby Legs to win, but clearly that didn't win. But uh, and so like right off the bat, we're like, you know what? I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start working on a, a really stupid Ice T esque song. That's <laughs> and and then we'll I feel still... like
1: that's an insult to Ice T, but you know. I'm, anyway,
0: no, no, Ice I, I, I is awesome. I'm not. That's why I was gonna say, sh- you know, crappy ice <laughs> tea song. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, so ice ice water tea wins. But this is a prequel, obviously, to how he becomes iced tea, and that yes. and that and that's how I wanted to go about it. No matter what happened, you know, there's to me writing prequels to these characters and kind of like the, these backgrounds are a really kind of unique way to to approach some of these battles. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And great job. Congratulations to water tea on your victory. (laughs) Uh, Just uh, overwhelmingly. So over on Facebook, winning 77 to 23 percent of the vote and taking 70 percent of the vote over on Twitter. So so very well done. And uh, and yeah, ladies and gentlemen of unity. Let us let us know what you think about. The, the lyrical stylings <laughs> of one Brandon Cruz, I put, your very own MC Steve the Heap.
0: I put far too much effort into that <laughs> than, than, I, than I should have. But uh, uh, Well, and it's time for the, the big announcement. Who who will be facing off
1: in our next episode?
0: So I just said a couple of seconds ago that every every time we do this, because it's random, it the, the power levels are a little off, and so we can kind of expect who is going to win. Guess what guys? Uh oh, I think this one's going to be a little bit closer. It's Pencil Vester versus Cousin Nikki in the battle of the parasites.
1: This is I'm excited for this one. Honestly, uh I like both of these characters. Uh, I love that episode and I I am genuinely interested to see how unity you vote on on the outcome of this this one. Uh make it interesting. Send us your thoughts on on who you think will win and why, we'll get those posts uh, or those polls up on our social media sites very soon, uh, following the release of this podcast.
0: That is that is totes correct. Totes malotes correct. Totes malotes.
1: Uh, all right. There's there's only one thing left on an episode of International RSS that we got to do, and that's listener suggestions and short outs. Brandon, you went you went international with <laughs> with this one. Uh, we got we got reviews from around the globe, uh, but before we get into those, I want to I want to say a big thanks to Alexander Richmond and again to Eric Pritcher for the donations over on uh, Patreon. You dark. guys are helping make this uh, podcast happen. If you want to, and for everybody, uh, whether you uh, are supporting us on Patreon or not, if you want to check out a video version of uh, that bonus episode that we just did last week, it's available for freebies. Uh, that Sauce Talk app. Is up on Patreon.com/RickandMortyPod. slash So if you want to see what the videos look like, um, just head over to the website, check it out.
0: That yeah 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 oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you just talked about the the sauce talk episode. Um, right, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, just just a little bit. Uh, so let's get away from that because we don't want to talk about McCorporation anymore. Uh, so so one thing that we we do here in the Really, if you're in the U.S. or in the U.K. or any 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 other country, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, they don't necessarily they don't tell you any reviews other than what's in your your localized area. Uh, so, yeah. so what we found was I I signed up I re signed up back to the service that actually gets me the international reviews. And I feel like all those folks <laughs> were missing out, and and we were shouting out all these U.S. folks, and I mean, we love the U.S. because we live here, and you know, God bless USA. the U.S. and USA. no one else, yeah. no one else. <laughs> uh, but as this, sec- this show is interdimensional, it's for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we 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 wanted to we wanted to give a shout out to those folks. First up, Stace Bob, UK. We're gonna we're gonna help her out here in April for a. Um, kind of a a, a marathon for uh, charity but she says a must listen for Rick and Morty fans Brandon and Travis are clearly having a top time discussing a show they're obviously passionate about warning the show may have you looking like a lunatic on public transport as you keep trying to join in the conversation
1: I love that I love that anyone would be trying to talk back to us while listening to this episode Um, kudos Thank thank you so
0: much stace bob uh uh, stacy thanks for the review uh at also in the uk stace bob was in the uk Siddeley also in the uk uh by the way stacy's parlor parlor that's her podcast go go listen to it uh says i stumbled across this podcast today after watching the rick lannis tales from the citadel episode and turning to internet eager to learn what everyone else felt about it this tells you how long ago this review was <laughs> what followed was six hours of binge listening to backdated episodes of this podcast from earlier in season. And I'll definitely be listening to more insightful analysis of the episodes and themes explore within them without being so overtly analytical, intellectual as to make it inaccessible to the general listener, viewer fan. Listening to this podcast has definitely added another level to my enjoyment and experience of watching R and and has made me feel part of a family of fans Look forward to hearing more from this crazy, enthusiastic, and moderately talented pair. Thanks for the. I moderately. appreciate
1: the moderately. <laughs> I do.
0: Yes, because because we're we we talk about this here and there and everywhere, but we're I mean we're we're really no different from a, a lot of you out there. We just we we just talk more publicly <laughs> about things. <laughs> we we forked
1: out the cash for for hosting fees and podcast equipment. And so now we get to do this, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but we, but we appreciate everybody that that listens and, and, and shares your thoughts, uh, including, uh, Ben Stenning also from the UK who, uh, says they're a huge fan of Rick and Morty. They love to check out all the great podcasts YouTube videos about the show after each episode, this show is always first on my list. Travis and Brandon always have a great take on the episodes along with the added bonus of special guests with extra insight into the show ryan ridley i love the fun Brian Newton. unpretentious vibe of the show keep up the excellent content chaps ben from england peas wubba dub dub
0: you said peas there, there's a there's oh, a P and a period and then an s peas peas that's how we say it here in the u.s <laughs> uh, bastard
1: um, sorry i was i was kind of far away and the <laughs> S wasn't capitalized. It was like it, lo- it looked
0: like a comma. <laughs> <laughs> I love peas. Blah, 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 Over. So moving away from the UK, moving a little bit closer to, to our home, good listener QC, which, which qu- it means quality check in certain circles. You guys give me more Rick and Morty to go on for the rest of the days without a new episode. Thank you for great content, funny stuff, and good interviews. Yeah. Thanks, no. neighbor to the north from Canada. Neighbor to the north. I, I think I think UFing too. I, I think they're from Canada. Oh, I messed this up. I, I think they're from Canada ah. as well. They simply say, it's lit. <laughs> it's lit. Thanks, fam. Yeah, it's, I, that's the other lit. It's no surprise to me <laughs> we are talking about Rick and Morty.
1: <laughs> okay. Every now and then I <laughs> drop a quote from the show. I don't know. For me. All right. Uh-huh. Brazil. Brazil. Uh, why naughty? Uh, as a podcaster myself, I have to thank you guys for the great work. I know the time and dedication it takes to create a podcast like this. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for the, the kind words as a fellow podcaster.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also thank you so much for Pele. Who I got that question right on trivia over at Buffalo Wild Wings the other day.
1: Very good, very good. I used to have a Brazil soccer jersey. No way. For football, football
0: for everyone. Football. Leaving these reviews not from the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the very very last one is from a place that I would have never expected a podcast review to come from. From Hungary, from Garat. Garat. There's two A's. Three A's. So it's Grat from Hungary. Simply says, this podcast does it. Yes, we do. Every other <laughs> week on
1: iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are available. Thank you, everybody, for uh, your your reviews. If if you are a new listener to the show and, and you haven't left a review, uh, we want to know what you think. We want to know what you like, what you don't like, and every review that you leave on iTunes or whatever uh, platform you choose to leave a review on will help the show uh, sort of get noticed by other listeners and fans. So so we thank everybody that's taking the time to go out and write a review and, and rate the show. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks.
0: That, that, that is it. So uh, thank, thank you everyone. As, as Travis said here abroad, you guys are wonderful <laughs> unity. You, you, you make us continue this week after week and godspeed on your your search for condiments everywhere <laughs> and make oh yeah make unnamed corporation uh,
1: we haven't officially obtained the condiment in question uh since since the the u.s release uh the widespread release but i have a feeling we'll be picking some of that up this week i don't know look on social media maybe we'll throw some thoughts over on there but otherwise probably not a lot more uh sauce conversation on the podcast. We're, but, we're we're letting it die. Yeah.
0: So. But as far as conversations go, so here's what you should expect for the next episode that we have, which is in two weeks. We're not going to be talking about the next episode. Yeah, in Rick the, Potion number nine. We're not going to be talking about Rick Potion number nine. We have a special treat for you. A special treat. Special treat. It's it's like when you go to Dairy Queen and you you dip the cone in chocolate and it's like, oh, that's a special treat. (laughs) Oh, well, we're taking some vanilla ice cream from Dairy Queen. I'm sticking with this metaphor. And we are wrapping it in a musical treat. We're having Ryan Elder next week or next episode to talk to us on this podcast about his experiences with Rick and Morty his kind of influences in general with composing and some other really super interesting stuff. So make sure you, you come back, you check that out. Uh, you, you heard us talk to Brian Newton, which he, he, he was on to talk to us uh, about um, the Vindicators. He's talked about Rick and Morty. Uh, I'm sorry, not Rick and Morty, <laughs> Mr. Me seeks episode 26. Also, uh, you know, Ridley, he's been on here now we're incorporating Ryan elder and I'm yeah and, super and stoked.
1: Realistically, like the, the songs on Rick and Morty have been some of the most iconic, like elements of the show. Uh, several times there, there have been songs that come out that have become legitimate hits. Like, uh, and, and I, I am super excited to talk to, uh, Mr. Elder about Mr. Elder. Just, yeah. uh, you know, just, everything that goes into making not just like those hit songs, but also scoring the actual episodes and and sort of driving uh, some of those emotional moments and things like that uh, using music. So uh, if you're into music, if you're into the music of the show, definitely don't miss this next podcast. Uh, and if you're just interested in kind of more behind-the-scenes look at what goes into making Rick and Morty happen, uh, we're looking forward to an exciting interview. So So look forward to that. And then after that episode's done, we'll get right back into... You know the season one stuff. We figured this was a good, you know, we're we're five episodes into an eleven episode season. Let's let's take a mid season break and 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 get a get an interview kind of plugged in there, right in the right in the middle there.
0: Yeah, and we only have another year and a half to two years of of content that we have to provide <laughs> till we get to yeah, season four. So, so you know we'll get there. What's we'll a break, get there, guys? What's <laughs> a break amongst friends, unity?
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, until then. Uh, with with Ryan Elder. I, I'm <laughs> Travis. I'm Brandon. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. See you guys around.